0: 127 left, wait, my three, four left. Three, four left. Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard
1: unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement.
0: Welcome into this edition of The Retirement Pilot. It's the Thanksgiving edition of the show. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, maybe you decided to listen to something different than football or your family or whatever the case might be this holiday season and if you did we appreciate your time cuz we're going to talk about how to pick the right advisor for you maybe if you're looking for one or if you're looking for a second opinion or maybe you're already a client of Steve's who is uh, looking to share this information with a friend who might could benefit from it either way we're glad you're here and welcome into the podcast what's going on my friend how you doing
1: i'm doing great mark how are you
0: hanging in there not too bad we are taping this 2 days before thanksgiving so happy thanksgiving to you and yours same to you thanks appreciate it do you have a favorite holiday dish you're looking forward to
1: I just like it all. Yeah. So I like the turkey and the potatoes and green bean casserole and pecan pie and all that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. I was doing a question. I was doing like, what's your favorite dish and what's your least favorite dish? And I heard a genius answer for the least favorite. I said, uh, what's your least favorite dish? And this person said, a dirty one. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So (laughs) he's like, I don't want to do the dirty dishes. But other than that, I love it all.
1: (laughs) I'm not much of a stuffing or dressing person. That's the only one that I'm not. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, anything else? I'm pretty good.
0: I can't do the the gelatinous cranberry goo that comes out of the can. I don't understand it. I don't know why people like it, but they do. So, if you're a fan of that, hey, give more power to you. But that is not for me.
1: We don't usually have that. Sometimes we do, but not always.
0: Yeah. So some I'm people. Like, some people swear by it. Man, I they just love it. it. Yeah.
1: You know, it does have the sour to the to the turkey, but no, nah, it's not one of the ones that I usually have.
0: <laughs> all right, well, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners and everybody out there. And again, we appreciate your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you have not if you haven't done so, or share it with somebody again who you think might benefit from the message. You got a family friend or relative, uh, even if they're not here in the immediate Kansas City area, reach out and let them know they can check the podcast out. Might find a useful nugget or two that may help them along the way on their retirement journey here on the Retirement Pilot. And you can find it all at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. All right, Steve. So a lot of concern goes into trying to pick the proper investments, build a balanced portfolio, get the highest return. But how much time you know, have we really put into finding the right person to make all these things work for us and do all these tasks and more? And many people might be surprised to find out that a lot of people just don't do their due diligence. There's that saying that we spend more time trying to plan a vacation, or at least prior to COVID, than we do trying to plan for retirement. And so ultimately, that just leads people to not really understanding what they should expect, even from this type of relationship. So let's go through a few things to try to clear this up. Uh, for folks a little bit. If somebody doesn't know exactly what they should be getting from a financial advisor, then it's going to be really hard for them to note the advisor is even doing a good job or not. Can you give us some context or some expectations to set uh, to things that the type of level of service that we should be getting?
1: Well, I think early on expectations need to be out there. In other words, it shouldn't all be about returns. Um, returns are important on, on your money. But you you need to make certain you have an expectation of those returns because if you don't, then then how do you judge how the relationship's going? So in other words, if I bring on a new client and they're expecting 20% a year in returns on their account, that's going to be very difficult, number one, to achieve because you can't get 20% every single year. And then if that's somebody's expectation, then I'm probably not that person we need to dial that back and say, okay, what are your real true expectations? And when people go 20%, that's probably not a realistic expectation. They just like that number. And inevitably, if anybody has said that before, and I've had that said to me before, and they want to take no risk. And it's like, well, no, that, that's not how it works. You have to set the expectations because the market's going to go up and it's going to go down. And what we like to have is, okay, based on your risk profile, you have a range and that's setting expectations. You have a range that your account could go down as much as 8% and go up as much as 15%. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. When we have our reviews, that's how we're going to judge whether or not what we're doing makes sense or is in, in line. So in other words, if it comes in and it happens to be down 2%, well, we're within our range. And as long as those expectations are set up beforehand and upfront, then the relationship is going to be a lot better for both of you because nobody likes to take a phone call from somebody on either side, whether it's yelling at the advisor of, oh my God, I lost 30% of my money or, oh my God, I should have made 30% of my money. Why did I only make 20? Nobody likes to take those phone calls. So setting expectations beforehand is very, very,
0: very important. All right, Steve, so are there some warning signs to indicate that we should be looking for a new advisors? Is there some things to think about uh, if we start to see or feel some things that maybe that's an indicator that it's time to start shopping around?
1: I would say lack of communication from them. I think when you talk to them and all they're about is return, that's a big warning sign, because nobody can control returns of your portfolio. That is, and that's also one of the easiest way people get into something that isn't right for them. Let me give you an example. Back in the early 2000s, um, mid-2000s, their, you know, interest rates were very low and people really needed to derive income from their their retirement accounts. Well, when a CD is returning less than 1% or maybe 1%, that's just not going to happen. And they don't want to take that much risk and they really want something generating some um, dividends. That's when the real estate investment trust really started to pop up. And, and those basically, what a real estate investment trust is, it's like, let's just say a mutual fund of commercial properties, whether it's shopping centers, office buildings, etc. They're bought in bulk. You buy a portion of that. And then each month you would get a, a dividend of 7%. I should say an annual dividend, about seven, seven and a half percent. And those were just going like how, you know, people were just putting money into those left and right. Well, then in 2008, nine, the real estate market crashed, as we know, and people were locked into these real estate investment trusts. And they went from a value of $10 a share down to $5 a share and no more dividends. And in some cases, people couldn't liquidate their real estate investment trust because they bought what was called a non tradable one. And they had to just sit there and receive no dividend. They were able not to get their money out. And so people were, were, were bought into those. And for some people, it didn't make sense. And again, it goes back to expectations. They need to know what's the downside. You know, if the real estate market, which we're having the same problem again, and I can tell you a few years ago, real estate investment trusts were also hot again. And now we're, we're back into the same issue with, you know, rents and things like that. So you have to watch out with what people are going to try to to uh, put in your portfolio, and if it's all based around returns, that's okay. But you got to understand what's underlying, what's going to generate those, and then do your due diligence on that.
0: Okay. All right. So there's some things to consider now. Steve, you know, most advisors, I would say the overwhelming majority of them want to do a good job for their clients and do a good job for their clients. But there are cases, you know, when that happens and they've done a great job, but it's just no longer the right fit because there's something, again, lacking and maybe it's not necessarily from a bad perspective, but maybe they're not having a conversation with you about something you feel is important. What what are some of those topics that it might be?
1: I would say now my practice is a little different. I do an awful lot in the state planning side, wills, trust, power of attorneys, because now those areas are a little more difficult to have a conversation with in terms of, okay, um, inheritance for children. You've gotta have some of those hard conversations with people. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones is saying, okay, you have three children, do you want this to go evenly? Yes, okay. And you get into a conversation, are they married? Yes. What do you think of their spouse? And that becomes a very difficult conversation, but you need, the advisor needs to have that. And if somebody says, we're fine, we're good with it, great, we addressed it. Kind of like with long-term care. Let's address it if they just aren't gonna hear anything about it, fine. But you need to bring up topics that people really just sometimes don't wanna discuss. And the estate planning side is a huge piece because an advisor can do, and I can do everything right, but if we miss something on the estate plan, it could just all rabble in fees, taxes, uh, problems with with, uh, inheritance and things. So sometimes I would say it's just having some of those harder conversations, bringing it up. Don't be, you know, the advisor shouldn't be afraid to bring up long-term care. People have it, great, make sure it's right. Make sure you bring up um, estate planning, make sure that the money you you have goes to the right place. And if you have a problem with a spouse of one of your children, maybe you should have, you know, a provision in your documents to make sure that that's money safeguarded. I mean, that's a hard conversation to have. Sure. Yeah. You need to have, and the advisor needs to have those conversations. They need to be more well-rounded as opposed to just investing your money. They need to be looking at other things. Yeah. I was going to
0: say that's probably the main bit, right? Is where a lot of times somebody has been working for someone with someone for a number of years. And they're done, doing a good job helping them accumulate the wealth, but they really don't have the skill set to deal with the distribution of it, social security, uh, legacy planning to what you were just talking about. So that's usually where we see that is the kind of the, the lead factor is they're more about the accumulation phase than they are about the distribution and preservation phase.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah. and again, that's when you want somebody who is, whether they're in their own firm or they're somebody like me who, who, who knows quite a bit about it, can then go out and find the right people, the attorney, the CPAs to help. But there are conversations that need to be had about all that.
0: Well, and if we stick with that someone for too long, there's definitely some complications that can arise. Uh, Again, tax planning is one of those, right? If you're working with somebody who just isn't really thinking about things in terms of tax strategy, uh, that's typically a big place where we see that for retirees and pre-retirees, as the old saying goes, not what you make, it's what you keep. So there's several places where sticking with that, wrong skill set advisor is the best way I could put that, uh, can certainly derail or or at least cause you some issues in retirement that you may not foresee.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree.
0: So I guess here's some things. Can you give us a few things we could do if we're looking, if someone's looking to interview someone or find a new person, whether it's a, a second opinion or just the first person they've ever dealt with, what are some I guess some, I, some questions to maybe ask to understand their philosophy or to find out if their approach is right for one another. Because this is also a two-way street, Steve, right? You have to like and, and have, the, um, you have to like the advisor you're working with and they have to have the right philosophy for, for, for you. But the advisor, advisor also has to want to work with you as well. Not every client that walks through the door is made into, or potential client is made into a client because it has to be a good fit both ways.
1: Again, it has to go back to expectations. What are they expecting from... An advisor like me. Okay, that is the biggest one. Um, is expectations. What are you expecting? Are you expecting to talk to me every day? Are you expecting me to know where the market's going? Are you expecting me to try to time the market? In my case, I don't. Now, I have no idea. I know long term that if we we have the right money in the right places, diversification and so on, let the markets work. Time right. in the market, not timing would be good. But if somebody comes in and and I've had them, they they want to know what my my short-term outlook is. Well, it's going to be up and it's going to be down. I don't know. And as long as we have that expectation, then I'm probably not the right one for them. The other one I would say is if you get a sense that the advisor um, that you're talking to, potential new advisor, I guess, thinks it's their money. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked to people who, who said, you know, every time we talk to the advisor, they, they always seem to think it was their money, hmm. you know, what they think I, what we should be doing. And it's like, you can't do that. It's not their money. It's, I always tell my clients, look, it's your money. I'll tell you what I think, you know, and here's the reason why you might want to consider doing this. But in the end, it's your decision. It's not mine. It's not my money. I didn't earn it you earned it. And if it's something you don't want to do, don't do it. Unfortunately, some, and I've seen people get in trouble where, where the advisor think it's their money, they get people into something and they, that's not really what they are comfortable with. And that is, and you can pick that up when you're talking to the advisor. The other thing that I would say is a great question is how often will we meet either on the phone or, or in person? Yeah. And I know of some offices that the lead advisor, you will meet them once and they will do everything. They'll present you a plan. They'll put it in place. And then you never see them. You know, you never see them. They have a somebody else who's going to do the review or somebody else that's going to handle the question. And my philosophy is I'm the one who's put the plan together. I'm the one who has met with you you talk to me, you work with me. I'm not shuffling you off on somebody else. And invariably what happens is when there's additional funds to be invested, boy, that other advisor that you met with first is front and center. And as soon as you, they've got the money in their portfolio, you never talk to them again. And that to me is a warning sign uh, because what they have become is just, just a, a factory.
0: Well, and maybe that's a that's a good thought as well. When you're talking about trying to find the right advisor, size of the firm could go into that conversation for yourself as well. Do you want to work with a smaller firm that uh, is more hands on, or do you want to work with a larger firm that has a lot of moving parts? To Steve's point, you might see the big dog once, but uh, so to speak, but then after that, you're working with other folks. So I guess a lot of times, everybody has different feelings about that, right? Some people uh, prefer to buy from big stores because they think that it has it lends them a bit more credibility. Others prefer to buy from mom and pops. So all of that kind of really factors into your own personal conversation with yourself about how you want to and who you want to work with when it comes to finding the right advisor. So you can also do some checks. You can also go to like FINRA.org and various state uh, websites and things to do some background checks on the person that you want to check out. So you can do your own due diligence, but I think a big chunk of that's going to come down to conversation with yourself and your spouse if you're married and then honest conversation with the person that you're interviewing to see about uh, the right philosophies, the right fits, and so on and so forth.
1: And that goes, again, it kind of goes back to expectations. Yep. I, I'm a single practitioner. You're going to get more hands-on, one-on-one uh, work with me. And some people like that. I have, most of my clients really like that. But I've had people I've talked to in the past, and their expectation is they really want a big firm. They, they want the large firm. And which is
0: fine. Sure, some people you know, like their expectations, and yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Their expectation's totally different. Um, and, and you gotta iron that out. What, what you don't wanna do is you don't wanna say, I can do everything the big firms can do, which I can't, because I don't have an in-staff attorney, I don't have an in-staff CPA, I don't have all, that has to be done, kind of referral type of deal. And again, if that's their expectation, well then I'm not their person. There you go. You know, I'm, I'm not right for everybody, not everybody's right for me. Uh my objective is never to be the largest and have so many clients that that I don't know by first name, I can't remember who they are when they call me uh or what they look like.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: Uh, you know that that does happen. Uh some other guys, you know when somebody has 1500 2000 people they've worked with over the years, it's impossible. Yeah. They 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 just can't. And that's again, expectations the advisor should have their expectations of what what they're looking for in a client as well. And they should help the people as well. Look, this is my expectation. So
0: I think that's a great word to use for today's podcast, expectations. And with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up this week and, and say, so if you're looking for the right advisor, you know, I, again, ask yourself some of these questions, uh, have the conversations with yourself that you need to, and then reach out and talk with a few people. The other piece of this is that, you know, most companies and most firms, big or small, offer the chance for a complimentary consultation or review and gives you a chance to have an initial meeting to see if it's the right fit. Uh, You can have a a lot can be garnered from that. You know, we have a gut reaction and the warm fuzzies, so to speak, for a reason. So if you need some help, reach out to Steve, give him a call, set up some time to talk via phone, uh, virtual or in office, whatever the case might be at 913-685-3207 should always do that with anybody before you take any action anyway before anything you hear off of this show or any others uh, see how it's going to apply to your specific situation so reach out to him at 913-685-3207 at Wealth Partners Corporation serving you here in the Kansas City area from the office in Overland Park find them online at wealthpartnerskc.com that's wealthpartnerskc.com don't forget to, uh, to uh, hit the subscribe button on Apple or Google or Spotify or whatever platform you choose If you're an Apple user, for example, Apple Podcasts is more than likely already on your phone. Just simply open that up, type in the retirement pilot in the search box, and you should find the uh, podcast that way. You can hit the heart button, I believe, for Apple, and that will get you uh, subscribed to it. That way you get notifications of new ones, and you can check out new episodes as they come out. Same thing with Google platforms as well, Android platforms as well. And with that, we're going to say have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with family. Be safe and sane. Steve, thanks for your time, my friend. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds great, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you next time here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation here in the Kansas City area. Bye-bye.